Chapter Twelve of Rangy Pete by Guy Morton. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Into the neck of the bottle, which was the trap of the Butelands, rode Rangy Pete, conscious as he rode of the net which must be weaving about him. To the north, that way lay freedom, with the open trails ahead. To the south, somewhere along this trail he was now threading, or in the pelican draw, or in the draws beyond there must be the keen riders of the snaky y spurred on by the savagery of dan merrill in the whole logical summary of events there could be nothing less he to all practical purposes was the bandit who had stolen that ten thousand dollars in gold and he being now an outcast would be the just victim of any rider from the snaky y and unless merrill were utterly devoid of reason these draws to the south leading through to the pass and to the land of the dervishers must have been blocked hours ago yet behind him to the north lay freedom after that one swift decision rangy gave those trails to the north barely a thought for it was the lure of miss dick the bandit which was dragging him on the lure and the consciousness that the dangers into which he was riding so confidently could be no less vital and poignant to her through the day he rode over the tumble of hills and valley past the pyramids of gray rocks and the sentinels of turret tips climbing slowly but steadily through the unpitying light of the sun which poured its searching rays over the butte land slowly that trail climbed upward as it twisted and wound its way about the pyramids and turrets of rock for great stretches the whole trail both forward and back was lost completely to view at times it hid behind the turrets of the buttes again it lay within their shadow but always whenever the clear stretches of world lay behind him he could see those crawling black shadows which seemed to grow larger with the passing of the hours their gaining boy rangy informed the uncaring cayuse you've had a bit too much work to do these past days with that consciousness upon him and the full knowledge of its significance rangy pete kept his mind upon the future and his eyes upon the trail before him for off there miss dick must eventually ride into the ranks of the punchers unless perchance she really knew what she was doing after all through some minutes that thought startled him could it be possible that the girl was riding to the rendezvous of the dervishers somewhere to the east of the pass and that in their numbers she would find safety for a time that startled him then it soothed then it brought fresh anxiety for miss dick among the dervishers would be lost to him more completely than as though the butelands had swallowed her up with this anxiety upon him rangy watched sharply the dun spaces of the forward trail and because of that he made his discovery in the advance of the afternoon when the rays of the sun were already slanting and were biting with duller tongues it was simply some dark object lying in the center of the trail rangy checked the cayuse suddenly a gauntlet lying there before him a gauntlet fringed at the edge and therefore some woman's toy and to whom could it belong other than miss dick but why should the girl's glove be here in the middle of the trail Rangy dismounted and picked up the gauntlet, and the feel of it brought a grin to his lips. It would be a memento to return to her sometime, in the near or far-off future. It would. Rangy's fingers contracted in astonishment, for between their tips was some hard metallic substance caught within the folds of the gauntlet. Swiftly he shook that object loose, and instantly an expression of amusement flashed over his features for that metallic substance was nothing less than a gold coin part of merrill's ten thousand of course but what should it be doing here rangy's eyes roved quickly about the tumbled landscape before him but within the limit of their gaze there was nothing but the drab sun-baked walls of the cliffs and this jumble of rock which littered the trail but no there was more than that there was this scarred face of the trail where the hoofs of many horses had flayed it miss dick had been held up that was plain now to an intelligence trained to reading the significance of small things held up by punchers or by her own dervishers it was no more than he had feared yet now with its surety upon him a sudden flush of anger mottled his cheeks 
anger towards any person who dared to challenge the pathway of Miss Dick. For a time Rangy walked about the rock-strewn trail, and this action eased the fever of his brain until he was able to laugh at his own folly. Then he returned to the burnt yellow cayuse and resumed the trail, more slowly, more cautiously than before. That glove, he could see now through his saner moments, might mean any one of many things. It might be a taunt, it might be a warning, it might be a cry for help. Towards the waning of the afternoon he came to the divide where this trail ran into the pelican draw. From that time forward he moved more swiftly. The pelican, he feared, must be peopled with many riders, and now the urge was upon him to see who were those riders with Miss Dick, and to learn if that message of the gauntlet were an appeal or a taunt. For an hour he rode thus, until in time the whole world about him began to change, until the barrenness of the buttes gave way grudgingly to a stunted tree growth which seemed to spring out of the bare face of the rock itself. As he rode he climbed ever higher, until at length he rounded a sharp rock in the draw, and there he pulled the cayuse to its haunches with a startled jerk at the reins. Gosh almighty, he exclaimed, you sure been doing good work, yellow boy, for there, in front of him, toiling up the opposite slope, were four riders. There could be no doubt that one of them was Miss Dick, riding away from him towards the pass. That, according to the writing of the plains, could mean but the one thing, that those three strange riders were dervishers, and that the girl, in riding into the trap of the butte-lands, had ridden with intent and in full knowledge of her motives. Rangy became more than ever convinced of that as the minutes dragged away into an hour, and as those four riders continued their steady tramp towards the retreat beyond the pass. Through that hour he trailed them, though circumstances compelled him to keep such a discreet distance between them that he was able to read but little meaning into their actions, other than that they were dervishers making their way into the safety zone of those forested hills which lay beyond the rim of the buttes. During that hour he came to the juncture of the pelican and the arrowhead trails. The latter draw was a narrow one, ambling in from the direction of the double K and the triangle O ranches, and like so many of its brethren it linked up with the pelican on this main route through to the pass. But the arrowhead, Rangy Pete knew, was the last of those converging trails which bore down upon this one, cut through the southern buttes, so that a man caught between this juncture point and the pass would become the easy victim to those who had trapped him. There was a price which could be taken, of course, but in this moment of crisis, with the lure of Miss Dick upon him, there was nothing in the price of battle which could equal one glimpse of her oval cheeks. Yet was it a trap after all? The calm and confident manner in which those four dervishers made their unhurried way towards the pass would seem to indicate that they had but little to fear. Could it be possible that the posses of the Snaky Y and of Triple Butte had not yet reached this point, and that accordingly the route was clear all the way through to the forests beyond? The attitude of those four dervishers would imply that. Still, the northern trail which he and Miss Dick had taken from Ike Collander's store was miles farther than the direct journey to Triple Butte, and unless Merrill's brain really had been befuddled by the fumes of anger, this trail should have been blocked hours ago. Rangy dismounted, and with much effort he climbed to an elevated point upon the cliffs from where he could get a vista of the trails behind him. The draw he had just ridden was clear of men or of horses but Rangy knew there was nothing in that but false security. There were so many sharp dips and sudden valleys and queer turnings that a thousand men might well be hidden within the range of his eye. But the arrowhead trail at the right, ambling listlessly into the pelican, it stretched out cleaner and less tangled before his gaze, so that from this elevated position he could see its course through long stretches of sunburned trail. For minutes he studied those open areas, with hands shading his eyes, and with his trained gaze studying even the smaller shadows. In the end he uttered an exclamation which was partly approval and partly incomprehension. Sure, he informed himself, there's another whole flock of riders coming in the arrowhead, miles back. 
but what i can't understand is why they weren't here long ago apparently so far as he could now judge he was ahead of the pursuing posses some strange whim of fate had delayed them but it did not matter now the only thing which counted was the fact that chance had brought him safety and that miss dick was off there just a short distance before him and he felt that if he played the game cautiously he might get a glimpse of her face once more in spite of that surrounding bodyguard of dervishers at the worst he could follow them into the land beyond the buttes when rangy mounted once more he rode swiftly so that a few minutes later when he rounded a curve in the draw he was obliged to jerk the burnt yellow cayuse to a slithering halt for the four dervishers in the calmness of their characteristic presumption had dismounted and were apparently getting ready for a meal and a rest from the shelter of a rock rangy studied the situation before him the dervishers had chosen their position well with a clear stretch of the valley before them they could see across a long strip of the pelican draw which they had just travelled and accordingly would be well warned of the approach of any of those pursuing parties but doubtless this halt had been chosen because of some queer streak of innate daring perhaps it was to draw the pursuit in the direction in which they would have it go but whatever might be the strange whim of the dervishers there was another thing which brought greater torment to rangy pete it was the demand that he should see again the girl who had mocked him perhaps chance would show him the way to whisper a few words to tell her that he would never give her up perhaps even he might steal her from the shelter of those attending riders with the thrill of that thought upon him rangy studied carefully the formation of the rock of the buttes a moment later he gave a little exclamation of content for if he knew anything about butte conformation the twisting of this trail meant that the draw must almost double back upon itself at a point just a few yards beyond that sentinel tip where the four dervishers had taken up their stand rangy laughed to himself softly it would be possible for him to climb the cliffs cross the top of the ledge and swing down into the pelican draw at a point past the position of the dervishers if he could not approach them from the front across this open valley he could at least come upon them from their unguarded side and if perchance miss dick rangy worked swiftly as he discarded unnecessary equipment carrying as weapons only his pair of six guns and an extra belt of cartridges and as he climbed the shelving face of the draw fifteen minutes of labor put him at the top from which point he could look across the thin ridge and the first glance told him that he had been right that the trail doubled back upon itself a quarter of an hour later he was across the ridge and was looking down upon the draw at a strategic position between the dervishers and the pass slowly with infinite care rangy began the descent it was difficult more difficult than the climb had been so that a full half-hour had slipped away before he once more stood in the rocky trail of the draw the need for haste was upon him now there had been much lost time so much that at any minute those four riders might round the corner of the trail in this instant with the whole future hanging upon the margin of seconds rangy began to appreciate the folly of his undertaking he was here cut off horseless between the dervishers and their haunts with nothing left to him but a pair of derringers and his natural wiles he must hurry now he counted the seconds as he ran doubtless they would come upon him abruptly just as he reached that corner of the trail perhaps before perhaps those dervishers would catch him here in the open of the draw rangy ran until he found that his breath was coming in quick stabbing jerks this would never do it left his hand unsteady so deliberately with a grip of his will he slackened his pace but his eyes never strayed from that turn in the draw around which the drab noses of the dervisher cayuses might be poked at any second a hundred paces now fifty there was the rock before him with the sharp twist in the trail rangy's breath came firmer and his hand gained its old iron calm he threw his sombrero aside and he peered around the face of the rock then a great sigh slipped from his lips the party of four were not even preparing for the trail 
there they were directly in front of him a hundred yards or more away their backs were towards him and they seemed to be studying the distant slopes of the draw along which they had so recently journeyed they were watching doubtless for the advancing armies of triple butte waiting to taunt them even as the girl had so lately taunted him rangy abruptly found that his fingers were clenching savagely along the butt of his six-gun jumping mavericks he exclaimed under his breath there's something wrong even at a hundred yards distant miss dick's position had seemed at first glance to be too rigid to be natural but now he was quite sure of it her hands were tied behind her back and she was tugging slightly at her bonds or was she rubbing the rope steadily against the rock the girl's sombrero was gone the back of her head was towards him and he could see that little wisps of her corn-silk hair had escaped from their bonds and were floating about her head like a halo the three men were in front of her with their backs towards her and now when one of them glanced about the girl stopped that rubbing movement of her hands words passed what they were rangy could not say then when the man turned his face away to study the trail once more the girl resumed that chafing movement of the rope against the rock in that instant the flash of a new thought came to rangy pete could it be possible that the dervishers had heard of his meeting with miss dick at the crags were they punishing her for that and if so would it not be for himself they were watching that back trail so patiently again rangy laughed to himself with low cautious elation then the man who had spoken to miss dick tossed aside his sombrero and he shaded his eyes to peer into the east to rangy pete the silhouette of the man's back unhatted as he was seemed somehow vaguely familiar but he could not place the figure in his memory doubtless it would be the same man he had seen in the doorway of tony burke's saloon but a few days ago it would be one of those men who had swaggered then the man turned again to speak to miss dick and again the girl's figure drooped god the feverish exclamation slipped from rangy pete's lips and he stood for a time staring in bewilderment the man's profile was towards him now he could see the outline of the features clearly he could see the great nose the sharp chin the tangled wisp of hair which always fell down over the man's forehead that wisp of hair how he hated it if only he could forget that hatred for the man's face was not strange to him rangy's fingers grew steady and a firm smile came to his lips that man who was leering now at miss dick whose smile was not the smile which any man should use towards a woman had a face and a figure which were familiar to him and the man was not a bandit such as the rangeman defined the word it was bill sons sons the right-hand man of dan merrill of the snaky y bill sons sitting there leering at miss dick with an offensive air of possession why did he hate the man sons who had always been objectionable sons who had captured miss dick and who threatened to spoil his rangy pete's plan to teach the bandit girl that there are codes of mankind which must be respected sons with a smirk upon his face leaning now just a trifle towards the girl negligently but knowingly sons with that ugly big nose and the ragged wisp of hair smirking priding himself that he had a way with women perhaps he did have a way with shifty liz of the burke saloon but with this girl a bandit whose hands were tied behind her back rangy pete found that it was with an effort that he kept a grip upon himself if only he could forget that he hated the man's big nose the presumption of sons to have taken a captive whom he had reserved for himself for it was plain that miss dick was a captive even now with sons face turned again to the east the girl was once more chafing the rope against the rock she wanted her freedom that was evident she had also wanted her freedom from him and had taken it but had she regretted it she had at least thrown that glove upon the trail in appeal or warning yet for miss dick what did it matter whether he or bill sons were her captor nothing except that with sons it would be a crude enforcement of the law 
with himself it would be the exemplification of a code the two men with sons with faces turned constantly to the east were unfamiliar in their pose doubtless they would be of the younger clique of the snaky y men perhaps whose mettle had not been tested other than upon the ranges tools in the hands of sons no doubt otherwise they would not have held their gaze so steadily upon the east while sons ogled the captive bandit abruptly rangy found himself vaguely wondering these three men had captured the girl many miles back along the trail why had they ridden farther into the butte land instead of turning back along the route to triple butte it was that which had misled him which had made him believe they were bandits but now the answer was plain they were merely waiting for the belated posses to join them miss dick abruptly stopped the restless movement of her wrists as sons swung about until his leering lips were within a foot of the girl's face there was a searing fire burning through rangy's veins yet through it he was able to summon a grim smile to his lips sons the fool smirking at the bandit girl it would be almost justice upon sons if rangy were to step aside if only he could loosen those bonds about the girl's wrists and then leave sons to her mercy sons the ogler who had a way with women that would be a fine game to watch sons against miss dick sons at the mercy of the trickster sons being warped and twisted until in the end he did the girl's bidding sons the smirking fool again that hot racing of blood through rangy's veins sons with the huge ugly nose and that brazen legible manner that distance between them a hundred yards dotted here and there with boulders which perhaps would turn aside an angry bullet a hundred yards with the backs of four people towards him another warm surge of blood throbbed in his veins as sons elbowed his way in a languid pose towards the girl for a moment the blood seemed to burn to his fingertips and he found there a strange itching to see if he could shoot that hundred yards and kill bill sons with a single shot but that would be the crude way swiftly with sudden resolution rangy slipped his boots aside he loosened the six guns in either holster then he dropped to his knees slowly with elaborate care he began to crawl towards the shadow of the nearest boulder this was not in line with the course of the draw so much the better for it threw him rather more towards sun's back and less within his line of vision on those occasions when the man smirked at miss dick a false step the rattling of a fragment of rock that would mean battle battle three to one with the girl in the line of his fire for a moment rangy hesitated the undertaking under such conditions was folly utter folly folly only in case he made that rattling of a rock or that misstep slowly he crept forward again he hugged the ground dragging his body snake-like along brushing from his course every pebble which threatened danger sons in front of him leering more persistently now more confidently more languid and careless as well as he leaned intimately towards the girl how the blood surged in rangy's veins except for those two punchers whose faces and whose reputations were unknown it would be much simpler to end it all with one swift shot ninety yards now with the first boulder in front of him he could make it with a single shot miss dick working more feverishly at those lashings when sun's face was turned out towards the east afraid was she alarmed at the persistent ogling of bill sun's at that slow insinuating manner with which he was bridging the distance between them almost imperceptibly meaningly twenty-five yards to the next boulder a larger one where he could rest a little from this snake-like position of his limbs a boulder which threw him still more behind sun's back rangy crept forward again this time for the half of the distance sun's gaze was studying the east and the girl's hands worked with steady insistence he could see harder lines upon her face when she glanced down for an instant in a vain effort to discover what progress she had made and for the balance of the distance while sons watched her insolently rangy could see the contempt in the girl's poise rangy reached the boulder and peered out eagerly from this position it should be easier now he was almost at sons back even when the man turned towards the girl 
but there was danger he felt in that instinctive sense of alarm which warns all animals man and beast alike a latent sense which might carry its message to bill sonnes there was the possibility that miss dick might glance around in those moments when sonnes face was turned away and that she might see him once or twice already she had turned her head feverishly hurriedly in an effort to look at those lashed bonds but she had not raised her eyes should she raise her eyes now as he crawled forward he would be directly in her line of vision what then again rangy crawled forward he must take his chance that miss dick would prefer him as a captor rather than sons steadily with patient persistence with sounds so slight that he scarcely heard his own movements rangy pete crawled forward from boulder to boulder and still sons continued to bask in the girl's presence still the backs of the well-trained punchers remained turned towards sons and his quarry and now that rangy had drawn so close he could see that there was a gap of a good ten yards between sons and the others twenty-five yards distant now a shot in the back no in the past few minutes he had grown to hate sons too much for that he had grown to hate the man's reptilian manner that nameless something which showed in his whole pose a shot in the back would not be enough for bill sons a steady look in the eye would be much better a steady look which would warn sons of the inevitable call of death a look which would give to him at least one moment of terror of the future to die suddenly would not be enough for the man whose manner could insinuate such things to a girl with hands lashed behind her back he had earned as well a period of horror through which he must contemplate the surety of death the thought of that left rangy's fingers itching still more miss dick turned her face aside and there was hatred and some terror in her pose he could see that now just twenty yards away he must look into bill sonnes eyes first before the battle came and yet there were two punchers just ten yards beyond bill sonnes rangy crawled forward with still greater caution it would not be a sound now which would warn sonnes it would be a message of that hatred which was burning in his heart twenty yards more miss dick turned suddenly the message of a presence had reached her she glanced up and her eyes met his for the merest fraction of time it seemed that the girl's eyes were puzzled then a swift change swept over them whose meaning rangy could not read she turned her face away just in time to meet bill's son's glance she met the man's glance fairly and for the first time since rangy had watched her miss dick made some faint response to son's advances she leaned towards him just a little and when the man stretched forward more eagerly than he had yet done the movement threw his back still more towards rangy pete in rangy's heart there was a strange thrill of admiration for the girl's quick wit mixed with a deeper conviction of hatred for the man's sons if only the girl would continue to play the part she had suddenly chosen he would still look death into the man's eyes rangy pulled his body forward with barely more sound than was made by the passing breath of air looking across the shoulder of the man's sons he could see into the girl's face she in turn was looking at sons and even as rangy watched he could see the suggestion of an encouraging smile creeping into her eyes playing her part admirably cleverly sons reached out his arms and still the smile lingered about miss dick's eyes he must hurry now if he were to save the girl from the disgrace of bill sonnes arms ten yards now eight five he dare not risk more for even as he pulled himself into a sitting posture sonnes arms were closing about the girl beyond him the two punchers still sat like statuettes careless of the scene behind them three to one a smile came to rangy pete's heart though his lips were straight and firm as he lay one six-gun across the curve of his hip then he tapped lightly upon the rock with the knuckles of his left hand still sons did not heed the crudeness of his senses being wrapped up in a contemplation of what this sudden yielding of miss dick might mean to him rangy tapped more loudly the faint sound carried through the short space and it reached sons brain 
his unclosed arms dropped swiftly from about the girl his body jerked back a foot or two and he shot one swift glance across his shoulder as his eyes met the stern glance of rangy pete they held there for a swift moment of astonishment then the astonishment vanished and there came a quick realization of the position in which he found himself five yards away was rangy pete looking into his eyes that cold unmistakable message which meant the ending of all feuds the ending of life and of all things else for one of the two the end of all things for one of them and rangy pete held over him that thin edge of advantage which may mean life or death when desperate men face each other across the cold muzzles of weapons yet only ten yards away were two men one word of warning just the lifting of his voice and those two men would be here fighting at his side but bill sons knew the futility of that one word of warning rangy pete's eyes told him that they told him that no matter what the world might hold for the rest of mankind it held nothing for him but this short moment of terror through which he must contemplate the cold approach of death death stealing upon him looking into his face from the eyes of rangy pete a cold merciless death just as cold and unscrupulous as he had felt a moment ago towards the girl at his side she had been his prey and now god in heaven but he knew the game of rangy pete one word the faintest sound of warning and rangy would shoot him down coldly but he knew it was not for that word of warning that rangy was waiting it was for that instinctive jerk of son's fingers which would tell him that an enemy was reaching for his gun there before him sat rangy pete with the horror of a blank future in his eyes his gun was not in sight but sons felt that it could not be far from that right hand which dangled so carelessly at his side rangy pete was a fool even to take his hand from his gun that was not what he would have done he would not have sat thus torturing another with the surety of death how his fingers itched to reach for his gun how his tongue quivered to shriek out a warning yet either act meant death god death with a scurvy past tormenting him already with its memories to move to speak if only he dared to take his gaze away from rangy pete's face so that was rangy's game he knew it now it was an old game which he himself had tried upon more than one of his victims it was that old cruel game of badgering the other man until in desperation he drew for his weapon in swift memory the faces of men leaped before him men whom he had tortured in just this same way one of them had been a youth a mere youth he could see even now the whiteness which came to that youth's cheeks the cold sweat of death which leaped to his forehead when first he came to realize bill sun's purpose and now he sons was staring that same death in the face in just the same way god the torture of it the horror he did not want to die life just a moment ago had been too keenly a thrill with promise it had been whispering to him strange things promising him a taste of those joys which he knew must be found somewhere upon the pages of the life of man death staring him in the face the joy of stolen fruits mean sordid fruits the joy of their promise and now death staring at him if only he dared to reach for his gun he might beat rangy to the draw if only he dared to shout aloud he might distract rangy's attention by the confusion of numbers if only he had the courage to sit still and stare back at rangy pete suddenly some of the fear left son's face and in its place came cunning why had he not thought of the way out before i'll surrender he whispered in a thin voice which barely reached rangy pete a look of disgust flashed over rangy's features he was conscious that in this moment the thin margin of advantage had slipped from him instinct told him that treachery lurked behind the mild tone of bill sons but the code of the plains forbade violence towards a man who yields you poor idiot what you want to go and do that for he returned in a peevish whisper all right hands up 
Sons began to raise his hands slowly, cautiously, but some thread of sound or some message of Rangy's presence must have been carried to those watchers beyond, for abruptly one of them turned about and glanced curiously over his shoulder. He was a middle-aged man, with features seamed with the life of the plains. For a small fraction of time he stared, then a low exclamation escaped his lips. That sound reached Bill's sons. It reached Rangy Pete. It drew as well the gaze of a much younger man at his side, a mere youth. With a quick darting glance, Rangy's eyes left Sons. He knew the folly of that. He knew the trickery of Sons. He knew the fatality of events which were sweeping down upon him in swift crisis. Even as his eyes met those of the older man for an instant, even before they flashed away again, Rangy was conscious that Sun's right hand had begun that downward sweep which meant battle. Instantly Sun's voice cut sharply through the silence. At him, boys, fast! The flash of instinct rushed Rangy Pete into battle. Chance had swept all other choice from him. Sun's fingers were working now with their old swift skill, with the goad of fear in the brain which drove them on and Rangy felt that he had lost that thin margin of advantage which had been his. There was but the one chance, one chance to do battle against three, and that was his sidelong fling with its shot from the ground. Even as Sun's gun whipped into sight, Rangy flung his body sideways to carry him farther from the girl, and as he sprawled at length upon the ground he fired across his hip, at the same instant Sun's gun barked, and he felt the whine of the bullet as it cut through the air at the place where his body had been but a second before. Sun's fired just the once, then his body sagged sluggishly to one side, and passed him, in the open space beyond. Rangy caught sight of the two punchers. The one, the youth, was staring in amazement. The other, the middle-aged man with the grim face, was drawing his gun and so swift had been the passage of time that his fingers had not yet reached the butt protruding from the holster. Rangy fired again from the ground. The six-gun dropped clattering from the man's hand. Put em up, kid. Rangy spoke crisply. There's times when it's a heap better to start waving towards your future home on high than it is to go a-clawin' for a gun. And this is one of them times. That's better, kid. If you wasn't so young and tender, I might go to shooting you up a bit. But mabby it ain't your fault that you've been flocking about with coyotes like Bill Sons. Now keep em there, kid, and you'll most mabby live to tell the youngsters all about how you got held up once by a real bad man. As Rangy talked, he rose to his feet briskly, crossed over and took possession of all the visible weapons. Got any guns hit out on me, gents? he demanded, and the older man hurried an assurance that they were weaponless. Then you ain't learned all you might a learned from that coyote, Rangy declared. Use two gents just herd yourselves together and don't get frisky while I attends to some other business. Rangy's other business happened to be a visit to Miss Dick. He stooped over without looking into her face and cut the lashings from her wrists. You'll have to excuse me, miss, for hornin' my way into this little party, but I kinda got the idea that them punchers wasn't being nice to you. If I made a mistake, all you gotta do is show me the door. I think you had better stay and look after the men you shot, Miss Dick returned, with an attempt at calmness which did not entirely conceal her relief at the turn of events. That person looks as though he was dead. Rangy crossed over to the tumbled heap which had once been Bill's sons, which had looked so daringly at the captive girl. He stooped over, put his hand inside Sun's shirt, then faced Miss Dick again. There's only one guess, miss, he spoke humbly, and you've got it right. Now I'll be looking after this other gent what stepped in front of something hard. Gosh mighty! The exclamation was due to the action of the youthful puncher who was now running across the narrow strip of trail between them and the cayuses. Almost as Rangy looked, he leaped to the back of one of the animals and began to race towards that sharp rock marking the turn in the trail around which Rangy had so recently stalked them. Rangy stooped, picked up a Winchester from the pile of arms, and followed on foot. When he crossed that hundred yards and stood looking into the straight trail beyond, he saw that the youthful rider was a bare hundred yards ahead of him. 
Rangy raised the rifle, and through the sights he caught the clear outline of the flying figure. He saw as well that the youth turned and looked over his shoulder, and even at that distance he fancied he could read the wave of fright which suddenly swept over the other's features. With a sigh, Rangy Pete lowered the rifle and stood looking at the figure flying before him. Shortly there was a faint noise at his side, and when he swung about quickly he saw Miss Dick looking at him curiously. You could have. Why didn't you? she demanded in the tone of one who seeks for knowledge. Never could hit anything on the move, Rangy evaded. Was it because he was so young? the girl insisted, ignoring the obvious evasion. Let's go back and see if any more of them's got the running habit, he evaded for the second time. I suppose we'd soon better be on the move, because Merrill's army ain't so far behind. The girl followed beside him as he returned to the scene of recent battle, and there they found the middle-aged puncher sitting on the ground, trying to bandage his wounded wrist. Needn't help, hard? Rangy asked. Then he bent over and assisted the man to rearrange the bandages. When he completed the work, he again found Miss Dick's eyes upon him curiously. As I've been saying, miss, we'd better be slopin'. Rangy made haste to forestall any questioning. Smithers, you stay here and keep awake over Bill Sons. You'll excuse me, pard, if I take the liberty of taking your arsenal along with me. How soon can you be ready, miss? Where are you taking me? she asked quietly. Back to Triple Butte, as you said you would do? Sure, I ain't gonna break no promises. But first of all, we gotta be moochin' out of the way of Dan Merrill's army. He's a curious cuss, that Merrill. He mightn't understand why Bill Sons is a lyin' there all crumpled up, and why Smithers won't be good for anything for two, three months. He's impetuous like, and apt to be resentful. So, miss, we'll be joggin' along, soon's you are ready. I am ready now, the girl returned quietly. Then if you wait till I get Yeller Boy, we'll be ridin' right along. Rangy spoke as he started out. The yellow cayuse was hidden beyond a bend in the trail, so it was quite possible he appreciated that when he returned Miss Dick might once more be making a natural move in search for freedom. He had played fair with her, he had told her of his unaltered purpose. He had given her a chance to escape, yet when again he caught a glimpse of the recent scene of struggle, he knew that Miss Dick had not taken advantage of his absence. By the time he reached camp, she was mounted upon her cayuse and was waiting, somewhat impatiently, to make a start. We'll be following the little boy cowpuncher to see that he don't get into no danger, Rangy tried to speak lightly, though he was conscious of a strain. Look after things, Smithers, till we get back. Side by side they rounded the sharp rock in the trail which led onward to the pass, and the moment they were beyond sight of the back trail, Miss Dick asked, you say there is a Merrill army behind us? They sure is, a big one. Must be most nigh fifty riders, not more than two hours back of us. Rangy found himself interrupted by a low ripple of laughter, laughter without merriment. What's troubling you, girl? Nothing, except that there is a Merrill army in front of us as well. That is where that boy rider has gone. Gosh almighty, Rangy exclaimed. You sure of that? Miss Dick nodded, and in the quick jerk of her head Rangy recognized a sudden consciousness of power. How far in front of us, he asked slowly, aware that in the mere asking he lost some of his pose of self-reliance. Which way are they riding? Four or five miles. It isn't more than that to the pass, Miss Dick returned, and the strange lights in her eyes had abruptly become an acknowledgment of Rangy's dependence upon her knowledge. I expect they're hiding somewhere around the pass, if they haven't found out already that the dervishers all got through last night. If they've found that out, that boy cowpuncher will probably meet some of them coming back. Miss Dick paused abruptly, and the sidelong glance of her eyes, the queer little twist to her lips, were a challenge to his boast of efficiency. For a brief space she watched him, and as Rangy Pete did not take up the unfinished sentence, she put that challenge into words. They have us trapped on both sides. How are you going to get us out, Mr. Rangy Pete? There was the barest suggestion of lingering over the word us. Yet that, he felt quite sure, was nothing but mockery. But there was an appealing something in her manner of which he could not be quite so certain. Still, he could not answer the girl's question, for she had stated obvious truths. 
he knew there was an army behind she said there was an army in front the only other way of escape was over the face of the buttes and in his brief climb of some minutes ago he had learned the futility of attempting to escape over the top of the world that in the end must mean death slow death from thirst and starvation if it were possible to take cayuses along there might be a hope but to climb those buttes alone to face the cold of the nights the blistering heat of the days to stumble on and on knowing not the way waiting only for death rangy pete shook his head suddenly then tell me why you rescued me from that horrible puncher you called sons miss dick spoke more crisply for the barest fraction of a minute as rangy's gaze wandered over the features of the girl before him as he noticed again the shimmer of her hair the firm full lines of her features as he studied for an instant the deep blue of her eyes there flashed into his mind a thought which in the past few hours had not been a stranger to him that miss dick under other conditions must really be one of the greatest prizes which earth could give to man he knew that for an instant that thought softened the lines of his features which he had hoped to keep firm so he answered quickly lightly you sure didn't think i'd let bill sons take you back to triple butte when i'd promised to take you that is the only reason so you could keep that foolish promise of yours certain rangy nodded deliberately you lie now how are you going to get me out of this miss dick spoke impatiently but for some strange reason which rangy did not stop to analyze her abrupt violence of tongue brought to him a memory of that old thrill which had once warmed the blood of him in her presence she knew that there had been something personal in that rescue that he was not merely the machine gad but he was merely a machine trying to teach to her i asked you how you are going to get me out of this the voice insisted at his side seeing that i'm dead certain they's a big enough army behind us to gobble us up we'll be movin on ahead come along miss dick responded with alacrity she urged her cayuse forward and a minute later they were cantering briskly along the butteland draw unconsciously as though born to the ranks of those who rule the girl took the lead rangy was content that she should do so for that permitted him to watch the shimmer of her hair the quick little fling of her shoulders the arrogant poise of her head the litheness of her figure and the hundred and one other things about her which made up that attractiveness of which before he had been but vaguely conscious now he was more than conscious of it there was an intensity to that consciousness which brought a feeling of constriction about his heart a slight burning in his veins a racing in his blood which made him suddenly glad that bill sun's arms had not closed about her there was a smothering sensation in his breast which left a slight haze in his brain but that would be the result of his persistent efforts through two days and a night surely bodily weakness was not seizing him now at the moment when most he needed strength still that tightening of the chest that smothering feeling did not leave him if anything it grew more acute when he caught the strange challenging lights in miss dick's eyes as she glanced at him from time to time over her shoulder there was something queer in the girl's eyes could it be possible that she too was breaking down under the strain of their long activity queer that he had not thought of that before for her activity had been as prolonged as his strange lights in miss dick's eyes smiling even to herself yes they were both breaking down under the strain beautiful even when the slanting rays of the sun played upon her in this manner yes he was glad now that he had shot bill sons that had been an evil leer upon sons lips that had been an evil thought which stretched out the man's arms in embrace how rangy's blood raced warmly as he thought of that of course it would be mountain fever which had taken a grip of him was it that fever which made him fancy that the girl's eyes were shining when she looked back at him or was it the way the gleam of the sun-rays caught them how bronzed were the girl's arms how perfectly she sat the saddle that did not speak of weariness have you quite decided where you are going to take me miss dick's voice brought him back to an abrupt consciousness that there was a problem before him strange but for a moment he had quite forgotten it we will have to take a chance that no one catches us before dark surely we'll be able to slip by them in the night 
it will be moonlight the girl called back as she urged her cayuse forward it would be moonlight with the shimmering moonlight of the butte lands which would search out every nook and cranny which would close every avenue of escape unless chance should play a part rangy was beginning to appreciate his helplessness in the face of circumstances when the girl spoke again besides they will be after you long before dark at the most you have the time it will take a man to ride four miles and back again rangy did not answer escape for a man alone might be possible he shook his head doggedly almost angrily at the dun walls of the buttes which stood up cold and impassive careless of the problems of man indifferent to his future but holding him nevertheless to this narrow pathway along which the punchers must shortly ride have you anything to suggest the girl demanded with another backward glance over her shoulder the girl's eyes were sparkling almost he fancied there was delight in their depths delight in his inefficiency in this emergency i got a couple of six guns and a winchester he returned silly the girl laughed is that all it's good for a half dozen of them merrill riders don't boast for they would bury you before morning if they bothered to bury you at all is that all something's bound to turn up rangy replied though conscious of the girl's increasing delight then you admit you are stumped miss dick insisted yet if i were alone the matter for me would be simple rangy jerked the burnt yellow cayuse to a sliding stop they ain't nothin like considerin yourself alone miss if you know a way to get out of this mess i'll sure be turnin my back miss dick's cayuse stopped some ten paces beyond him i wasn't saying that i wanted to be alone she laughed softly i was just hinting that sometimes when a man falls down perhaps a woman could find the way through well rangy questioned and he began to wonder if it would be objectionable after all to be dependent upon this girl whose soul had been nurtured by the iron of the buttes but whose eyes were now dazzling with the lights of merriment i owe you a debt perhaps i can cancel it you saved me from from sons if i save you from the wrath of sons friends the debt will be cancelled perhaps that debt you ask no more more what more is there that i could ask the wonderment in the girl's manner was confusing to rangy's self-esteem there was this manner in which he was dogging her steps there was his promise to teach to her the code of mankind and yet she had not asked that he forego them what more could i ask the girl pressed i kinda thought mabby you might want me to lay off taking you back to triple butte oh the girl exclaimed softly but i could not ask that it has been too amusing you agree to the other there is but little time to lose rangy pete nodded for the abrupt shock of his vanity did not encourage speech a moment later they were galloping side by side along the draw and this time rangy pete though still conscious of the girl's charms fought off the sentiment of her presence for he the self-reliant rangy pete had become dependent upon a mere girl perhaps even for his whole future he tried to turn his eyes away but found that they strayed constantly towards her he tried to focus his mind upon the peril of the future but that only drew him back to wonder about this plan which lay in the girl's brain he tried to drive her from his thoughts and in attempting that he but found himself caught more hopelessly in a wild tangle of thought of which miss dick was the background he noticed now how confident she had become how masterful and yet back of that there was still that gleam of amusement in her eyes whenever she looked towards him there was amusement an impersonal thing as though life were at last holding out some of the fruits of reward how long he rode thus studying the girl at his side wondering at the quick flashing moods which controlled her rangy pete could not say he knew only that she swept him back to the present with a quick gesture i told you there wasn't much time to spare she exclaimed with a little touch of excitement in her voice as she pointed to a ridge in the butte land trail before them there through a gap in the buttes was a clear vision of the trail beyond it stood out clear-cut before him perhaps a mile distant perhaps a half-mile but more important than the distance was the fact that a string of riders were racing down towards them miss dick rode on with rangy at her side 
and in a minute more the vision of the distant trail was lost to view. The boy puncher didn't lose much time, the girl exclaimed. He must have found the Merrill gang riding this way. Can you get a little more speed out of that cayuse, Mr. Pete? Rangy Pete did. He used the spur on the burnt yellow cayuse, keeping at Miss Dick's side only with an effort, and wondering all the time at the meaning of this strange ride into the arms of the enemy. He had seen the enemy through the gap in the buttes, and this pace must bring them together. And what then? It was a strange rescue which Miss Dick was conducting, and yet, except for a slight heightening of the color in her cheeks, there was nothing about the girl's manner to indicate that she had anything at stake. For an instant there flashed into his mind a suspicion of trickery. Perhaps these would not be the Merrill riders after all. Perhaps they were dervishers, and if they were, with an effort he forced that suspicion aside. He studied the girl's manner once more, and he could be certain now that the dappling of red which painted the bronze of her cheeks was born of elation. Once she glanced across her shoulder into his eyes, and the message which lay there was one of comradeship. For the meantime all other moods had been swept away. This was a race which they two were running out together. It was a thrill of body which responded to the spirit of youth and in the outward token of that thrill which lay in the girl's eyes there was a surety that behind it all was no trickery. There was comradeship for this moment, the closeness of comradeship which shares dangers alike. There was the spirit of youth which had risen up again to hold her in its grasp, which had painted into her cheeks and her eyes the sparkle of life, which had— I knew we'd make it, Mystic exclaimed abruptly. Make what? Rangy asked, as he loosened the Winchester at his side, for he could see that unless something happened speedily, all they would make would be a clash with the enemy. The Pelican Cave, of course, Miss Dick replied. See it, off there? The direction indicated was to the left, and it seemed to Rangy Pete that the girl was pointing up a draw which branched off this main trail, but which so far as he could see offered no outlet. Still Miss Dick turned her cayuse directly towards it, and as she did so, from the distance to the right, there came the distant clatter of horses' shod feet striking the bare rock. Miss Dick looked anxiously over her shoulder, but the Merrill punchers were not yet to be seen. In front of him, as Rangy Pete rode, was this offshoot draw from the main trail. Even at close range it looked like a ragged, tapering cone cut out of the face of the buttes, but where it should have wound its way on and on through the tangled ways of butte land. It ended instead in a sharp wall of rock. It began like an ordinary butte-land valley, winding its way through the jumble of buttes, and it ended a quarter of a mile farther on in a dun, placid face of rock. From the distance, that wall of rock looked like a sheer one, impossible for man to climb in this haste which was now upon them. Yet towards the left, perhaps halfway from the ground to the top of the cliff, there was a black spot which seemed but a smear upon the gray face of the rock. It was towards that black spot that the girl was riding, sitting sideways in her saddle and searching with her eyes the trail to the right, from which direction came the clatter of horses' hoofs. And now she had begun to talk, quickly, in jerky little imperative sentences, sentences which robbed Rangy Pete of all thought of command. Must make it fast half-mile behind at the most, passing Echo Rock. A stiff climb, but we'll make it if you do what I say. When I dismount, you work fast. Throw off saddle and bridle. Turn cayuse loose. Take all food from your saddlebags and put it in mine. Get your rope ready now. Here's one from my saddle. Tie the ends together. When we get there, fasten one end around my saddle, the other to your belt. I'll climb first because I know the way. Drag the saddle up after us by the rope. Mystic stopped as abruptly as she began, and Rangy found himself wondering at the quick command of her. It was almost as though she had enacted the scene many times before. There was about her as well a confidence which told Rangy that it had not even occurred to her that his views might not fit in with her plans. He looked at the face of the cliff, grown closer now and rising stark above them and he wondered why that heavy saddle must be dragged up to that black hole which surely must be the mouth of the pelican cave. 
Still, in spite of that, he found that he was tying the ends of the ropes together, just as Miss Dick had told him to. Abruptly, Miss Dick leaped from her cayuse and began to work at the saddle and bridle with swift, sure hands. While working at his own, Rangy found that there was a calm haste about the girl, a swift deliberation which a tangled end of his emotions wanted to admire, even while the bulk of his thought was with the peril of the situation which faced them. Rangy Pete worked with mechanical swiftness, and shortly he found himself stooping over for Miss Dick's saddle. A remarkably heavy thing after all, for all its appearance of lightness. Those saddlebags must be tightly packed. Now he was at the foot of the cliff, and the girl was already climbing. Bring the saddle up a few feet. There is a ledge here to rest it on. The distance to that black spot on the gray face of the cliff was not so great after all. Rangy could see now that it would be fifty feet, a trifle more at the most. Except for one or two narrow ledges, the climb was a sheer one. But it was an ancient way, known to the footsteps of some long-lost generation, for carefully chiseled out of the face of the rock were steps like the rungs of a ladder. It would be the cave of some tribe of man long passed from the face of the earth, a den towards which he and Miss Dick were climbing. A trap as well. Rangy stopped in his climbing. When they get us here, how long will it take them to starve us out? he demanded suddenly. Is there any food or water up there? There is not. Then there's nothing to be gained by starvin' in a cave, miss. I'd better be stayin' down below. I'll fight em off till after dark, and then mappy you can slip down and mooch it out of the way. Come, Mr. Pete, please hurry. They are almost here. I can hear the horses again. No, miss, they ain't no use for me to get up into that cave. I've had a think fast, and the way I see it, we can't take no chances of lettin' them camp around the bottom of this cliff. They'd sure have us corralled tighter in a drum. But if I stay at the bottom, behind one of them rocks, and kinda discourage them from nosin' up here too close, while you salutes them from above, we got a chance. We might slip out after dark. Behind him came the sudden clatter of galloping horses, as the foremost riders rounded the point of rock from the main trail several hundred yards away. I'd better slope it back quick, Rangy declared, as he made a downward step. No, no, Miss Dick exclaimed, with a trace of excitement in her manner. This is not a cave. I hadn't intended to tell you, but it is the way through the buttes. Come, hurry. They will be shooting soon. Rangy liked that excitement in the girl's tones. There was a personal note in it which brought back the old thrill. There was as well a suggestion of concern which he was too human to overlook. That's different. I'm with you. Long's we ain't a horn in our way into no corral what we can't find our way out of. You just run along fast. I'll be right after you. That new thrill was still running warm in the veins of Rangy Pete as they climbed the face of the cliff. In his brain was a consciousness that Miss Dick did not want to leave him to the mercies of the riders from the Snaky Y. But this was no time to look about for her motives. In his ears was the sound of galloping horses. Rangy did not look around for he dreaded the moment when those sounds must cease. Miss Dick climbed briskly. Now she was at the very edge of the cave. A few more steps and he would be at her side. Abruptly the clatter of horses' hoofs died away. Rangy Pete knew the meaning of that. Hurry, he exclaimed. They'll be shooting now. Almost as he spoke there came the whine of a bullet and a dull shattering sound as it bit its way into the face of the cliff, then fell back lifeless. Miss Dick threw herself over the edge of the cave. Just two steps more to make himself and he would be at her side. Behind him there was the sharp snapping of pistol shots. At his side was the deadened thud of bullets. Now he was at the edge of the cave. The girl's arm was thrust out to pull him more swiftly into safety. More bullets whining their way past his head or biting ineptly at the cold face of the rock. He was at the edge now, tumbling into safety. He had beaten them. Beaten them? What was that hot, searing sensation which cut its way through his right leg and left it all but powerless? What was that dizzying reel in his brain? Miss Dick at his side, tugging now at that rope which he had fastened about his waist. Strange, but he had forgotten that. There was a saddle at the far end of that rope, a remarkably heavy saddle which Miss Dick, through some foolish mood was trying to rescue from the snaky wide punchers. 
Rangy put his hand to the rope and tugged with Miss Dick, still firing outside, doubtless trying to cut the rope with their bullets. Through an endless period that firing continued, while he labored beside the girl. In time, many hours later it seemed, the sound of angry bullets died away, and the drab old saddle crawled through the mouth of the cave and lay there before him. Foolish old thing, Rangy muttered, conscious that he was caught in the grip of some unusual circumstance. Mystics swung towards him quickly. You're hurt? she exclaimed instantly, and again Rangy was aware of that personal note. It was such a pleasing thing, that personal note in the girl's voice. It was pleasing as well to see that sudden flash of alarm which leaped into her eyes. Alarm for him. Queer old world. How topsy-turvy things had become. Miss Dick, the bandit, feeling alarm for him. Just a scratch. Ain't nothing, Rangy declared, though quite conscious that he did not want that alarm to die out of the girl's features. Nothing at all, he insisted and to prove that fact he tried to rise to his feet. He reached that position in a tottering way, only to tumble back to the floor of the cave when he put his foot to the ground. He tumbled to the floor of the cave. He knew that perfectly well. It was quite natural that he should do so, but the rest of it was all strange. It was not natural that the floor of the cave should open up before him, and that he should keep on tumbling and tumbling, on and on falling through endless space, through rocks and trees and clouds, through alternate light and darkness, through new and old scenes. Yes, it was most natural after all. A moment ago he had not known himself. Now it was quite all right. He knew himself. He remembered it all distinctly. He was Dan Merrill, and he had just been killed by Bill Sons when they fought over Shifty Liz back in Tony Burke's saloon. Darkness End of chapter 12